talking about Black Lives Matter and racism and being anti-racist and how we talk to our kids about that. As a note, since this won't be published for a few weeks, I don't want to say we're currently like right in the middle of the of the Black Lives Matter and anti-police brutality protests because they've just been happening for a few days. So, you know, I I feel like we can't say that we're like in the middle of it. But maybe in the beginning, we've we've seen rallies and protests and, and whatnot around the country. And there's definitely been an outpouring of the time of this recording, there's definitely been an outpouring of resources and conversations and just like a lot of yeah, a lot of things happening. Okay, would you want to add I'm trying to give context about like, the time of when we're recording this, since it won't, you know, air for air for a few weeks. Yeah, I guess the way I'm thinking about it is, and and was was interested in talking to you a little bit about, I was like, I, I had, I had signed up for a webinar the other night from Embrace Race about, like, I can't remember what the, the, the new title is but the original title for the event was like how not to raise the next amy cooper (laughs) so that had happened i actually wasn't able to get in because they maxed out on on participants before i was able to sign on after kiddos bedtime but i believe that raising race conscious kids they're having two two sessions of upcoming workshop workshops on raising race conscious kids in in the next couple weekends so I don't know, it's always like it's like something I'm thinking about for placement wise of we're we're definitely in the midst of more discussion than usual in the broader community, I think. Yeah. And I, I just I, for a little bit of additional context for our listeners, I also want to sort of mention the ages of our of mm-hmm. our children, because I don't think that the age of your child matters in terms of this is my personal opinion. I don't think that the age of your child matters in terms of like having these conversations and bringing up conversations about racism and, and prejudice and whatnot. But I do think that how you have the conversation and what what sort of level of involved your children are and everything going on does make a difference. So, so my children are five and a little over two. My kids, my, my oldest will be three in August and my youngest is just seven and a half months right now. Almost eight months. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) I slept from like two to 5am this morning. So words are a little hard. (laughs) Just, just, yeah, in the midst of that. But yeah, it's it's definitely like good to be having these conversations and, and thinking about a lot. Like it's it's for parenting specifically and also in general, you know, such a a, a long term thing that we're we're trying to work towards whatever goals you may specifically have around that. But I, I guess the point for for the context for listeners is that my children are too young and with quarantine being at home, like they they're not independently hearing about current events. Yeah. And we're also not actively talking about like, you know, I imagine if my children were teenagers right now, we Mm -hmm. would be talking about like, are you going and protesting? Are you not going and protesting? Are we going as a family in person? Are we not, you know, like, I think those conversations 
are also very different. That isn't to say that parents with young kids can't go and protest, but like our children aren't asking, yeah. aren't asking us to, to go protest and to go and protest on their own or, you know, like those, those sorts of things. But yeah, it's, I mean, one thing I guess sort of kick off the conversation. I think one thing that I realized this week was there are some things that I've realized we I've had very explicit. So we talked to my my children, I mean, especially my son, because he's more, you know, he's five, he's more verbal, he understands concepts, etc. But, you know, we're starting to talk to our two-year-olds about things, etc. Like, we've talked to him about gender inequality, and, you know, how he will have more opportunities than his sister will, just because of the fact that he's a man. We've talked to him about, we do have a lot of stories. There are a lot of resources right now with recommendations of books with diverse characters. And so that my white kids, for example, are not just reading stories with, with white main characters. And we do, we already own a bunch of those, of those books. And I will also say that we have, we have a birthday party stockpile where basically I like bought a whole bunch of books that anytime a birthday party happens or used to happen, we could just, I could just grab a book from that pile and give that as a gift. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the books in that birthday party stockpile have been on those like recommended lists, which I think is good. So we sort of like, we, we were already covering that we're, we're Jewish. And so we have also had the conversations with, you know, Devin has asked before about like, is it safe in the world everywhere for Jews and those sorts of things. So we have, you know, we have also had conversations about about hate, about anti-Semitism, about, you know, how different people are treated differently because of like, because of certain things. But one thing that I realized that I've really been putting into, into motion this week is that we've, we've talked about the concepts, but I realized that we haven't actually used, used the words, which I realize is like very, very important. And so this week we've, we've been using different words. Like we've been using the word racism. We've been using the word violence. We've been using the word hate. Like we've been using those words that, you know, unconsciously I didn't use in the past. Like we talked about like, oh, you know, people don't, don't like each other or treated differently for for these reasons, but we never sort of called it racism. And so that's, you know, that's something that we're, that I'm more consciously talking about and putting, putting those words and names to like the concepts that we, that we have sort of already talked about. Yeah, that makes sense. I can definitely see that that's part of the the evolution in the conversation because of, you know, wanting to, to start it much earlier when, I mean, like with, with my son right now, we're sort of at the stage of working on the abstract concept of neighbors are different people that live in different homes you know like they they go to their their own homes at night and we go to our home at night kind of thing so I think it makes sense like the matching the child like the level of concreteness and then and then moving to to using real world labels or whatever else they have a lot of power yeah I mean the other thing was that was interesting that sort of I will say evolved sort of organically is my husband has a has a friend who was at some of the protests in California and who who's black and who is 
arrested and detained and let go. And after he was after he was released, sends a video to a bunch of friends about his experience. And we didn't show we didn't show Devin the video. He has seen like on Twitter as I've been scrolling, like you know, I have shown him pictures of, you know, the signs and protests and those sorts of things. But we were talking about at the dinner table and I was just, you know, I was saying to my husband, like, oh I'm glad that he I'm glad he sent the video. I'm glad, you know, glad he's okay. And Devin was asking us, I mean, Devin is like all about screen time and videos, but you know, so he was like, what video? But it was actually, it was really, it was really interesting because we used it as a, as an opportunity to say like, oh, you know, one of like daddy's friends was at a protest, you know, those, like those pictures that you saw, that you saw. And we talked about him getting arrested. And then it was really interesting because, because Devin was like, oh, well, and then he like, you know, he paid money to get out of jail, which sort of opened mm-hmm. up a conversation mm-hmm. about bail inequality. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, so we started talking about like the idea of bail and how like you have to have money in order to make bail and how even bail can be like set unfairly based on what you look like or, you know, those, those sorts of things. And, you know, so we, we had this conversation and we answered, you know, whatever, whatever questions he, he had that came up. And then the next day he was talking to his preschool was doing a session about like a, about stuff and they were just asking the the kids like oh you know like what do you know about what's going on what have you heard and, and Devin raised his hand and just like I mean started talking about like dad's friends who who, who friend who went to a protest who held a sign that said you know Black Lives Matter and we got arrested and how it was like last year they learned about they they did a lot they spent a lot of time on MLK and Rosa mm-hmm. Parks and mm-hmm. so that you know then he started talking about like you know and that's like Rosa Parks and she sat on the bus and you know I was like part of me was like kid you are making me look real good as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was actually, it was one of those calls that they're like, that there were a handful of other parents on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was like, man, I just, I look real, I look real great right now. <laughs> but it was also like, it was, it was cool for me. You know, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of conversation that or I've seen a lot on Twitter and whatnot about like, oh, or like, are your kids too young to talk about this stuff too? Or mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, they shouldn't be you shouldn't expose them to like these sorts of things at such a, at such a young age. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, again, we've already had conversations about like being Jewish and what that means, but also like seeing him like talk about these things that we talked about in his own words and like with his own feelings, it was just like, how no, these kids aren't like Mm -hmm. five, like may seem, may seem little, but like, it's real. It's, it's not as little as it may seem. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, speaking from the experience of of being a child, like I am in my 30s, and there are plenty of things my mother still thinks I'm too young to make the decision <laughs> on my own. You know, so it's gonna, it's, there's a turning point at some point, and it's probably earlier than you think. Yeah, Kua, are you having? I mean, are you having any? Like, how do you talk to your three year old? Because I'm like with our two year old, I'm sort of like, well, she's like in the vicinity of these conversations and again mm-hmm. with her I feel like it's more about like books with diverse characters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sorts of things I'm curious what your sort of focus is yeah exactly that's kind of like what I have been thinking about it so far because I think it was you know it's sort of like I'd always have in the back of my mind of like oh yeah you know we'll, we will definitely have to have those conversations someday talking about 
the concept of privilege because like I learned about it in college, which I think was way too late. <laughs> so I definitely want to introduce it like much earlier than that. But I had been mostly thinking more of yeah, diversity in books and wanting to do a, a better job of that. But for, for me, our situation is I feel like I'm having to balance that at times with, so I'm, I'm trying to impart even my not totally fluent Mandarin Chinese onto my kids. And even though my parents are here and they are native Chinese speakers, like I am the main source of Chinese exposure, no matter how many Chinese books I try to put on our Christmas list and whatever else, like I'm really the only one bringing in that media in. So trying to, like I was like posting in various Facebook groups I'm a part of, of like, okay, like I want, you know, I'm, 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 I have to work really hard to maintain this balance between the proportion of Chinese media we have at our home compared to the English stuff, just cause like, you know, it's, it's obviously a majority English environment. And also the fact that like, I'm doing one parent, one language with my kids. So like I'm, I'm communicating them with as much Chinese as I have, which is really only at the level of like a kid growing up in, in a household day-to-day kinds of things. I do not have the Chinese vocabulary to talk about. Like I, I do not know what the, the Chinese word for racism is for sure. So thinking about that as well as just like feeling a little alone in it at times because my husband doesn't he's not uh is unsupportive the right like he's 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 not gonna interfere or veto but he's not going to be out there like doing research on this particular topic for sure like he i mean i tend to be the researcher in our partnership regardless so sort of feeling a little bit of that responsibility and then i'm just these just things that are on my mind. Like our situation is also that our kids are biracial and we, you know, we have frequently commented on in our family and then, you know, in private for, for other families we've come across as well as like even between kids, like genetics, they're, they're 50%, you know, collection of Caucasian ethnicities and 50% Asian, but it, it, it can be physical, it, it can be expressed in their appearance and, you know, one one kid looks especially Asian and the other one less so. So trying to find resources that well that that balance those things. And prior to these last couple of weeks, I had always been thinking about it more from the perspective of like representation, like for them, for like other mixed kids and, and whatever else and the materials that we've got. And the thing I think about often with my son as well is, is I don't know if you remember one of the really unfortunate uh there was uh, shootings from many years ago actually i don't remember when it happened it was like the sorority one in california somewhere and the perpetrator was a mixed race asian white male kid that had a lot of issues going on there so like that that has been my my like what i have been thinking about so far of like okay like i i very much want to make sure i'm doing what i can to to try to prevent something like that from happening out of our family as well so yeah it's interesting i had a my husband is not jewish i had a very interesting conversation with him as we were i was more comfortable like from the from the get go saying like hey we should like definitely be be talking about what's going on with like with our kids mm-hmm. he and I had to talk about it before he was sort of like totally comfortable with it mm-hmm. it was really interesting because at one point in the conversation he said something like and I'm going to say this and I want to also say that like it is a hundred percent 
not being Jewish is 100% not the same because like we I don't know if you want to say like we are white we pass as white we whatever it is but like it's 100% like not not the same but you know my husband said something like why like just imagine what it would be like to have a conversation with him about you know the fact that that people like hate him because of who he is and I I sort of turned to my husband and I was like I've already had that conversation with Devin like at least four times when he's asked me like if Jews are safe everywhere in the world or you know like why you know like just different yeah different things I was like I've I was like have you has have you not had that conversation with him? Like, has he never asked you about, about that? And my husband said he had it. And I was like, okay, well, like rest assured, like <laughs> we can have this conversation with, with our son, because like he, we've already, like, we've already talked about how, like, it isn't safe for him everywhere in the world mm-hmm. because, you know, because, because he's Jewish. And again, I say that, like, knowing it's like a hundred percent, not the same as racism and as like being treated differently, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, if he were, if he were black, et cetera. But like my husband, I had different perceptions of like how foreign of a concept that was, mm-hmm. you know, I remember as a kid also learn, you know, even with my like white privilege learning, like, okay, well, like they're, you know, still, still Jewish. So yeah. I'm curious if you have been going to any like rallies or protests or if you've seen rallies and protests like in in your area I have not I know that there was a rally and it uh, based from the local moms group on Facebook and it sounded like from the description that it was very socially distant and that they were keeping that strongly in mind the the organizers of that so I'm glad to know that about the town that we live in I shouldn't hide behind like COVID as an excuse though or anything though like I think the the way that my husband and I talk about with and and engage about the world I mean it sounds kind of bad I guess but like we're like not the type to go attend a protest that's not the way in which we would express or engage in that way we make other choices instead and we also are not he he posts on his Facebook like a little bit more often but I, I have very rarely done things outbound and like the most active thing I do is the private Instagram account I maintain with the kid photos for family and friends and even that I'm frequently you know at least two months behind on sharing photos and whatnot out so like I thought that's interesting because I you know I'm seeing discussion around that silence is being complicit you have to say something but then at the same time it seems to me like there are certainly folks who could do with listening more instead and that we have kind of like our, our, our people's like, what, what is the impact from in terms of if, if your goal were changing minds of broadcasting on social media kind of thing. So yeah, that's where we're at. What about, what about you and your family? Yeah, we are, we are definitely the people that like would would go to to a protest I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know I think I probably went to my first protest when I was like seven or eight or something Mm -hmm. like when I was a when I was a little kid we we haven't gone to we haven't gone to any protests this time again like just for us 
you know, the COVID risk like is a primary concern. Mm-hmm. We we are trying to figure out like there is a socially distant, like a socially distant masked protest coming up that we're sort of considering. Mm-hmm. And there have been a couple of like driving protests that we've debated but Mm -hmm. like you know when we talk about it I'm like what is driving by a place going to do other than like you know have us sit in traffic or like I don't know it just doesn't have like yeah it doesn't have the impact of like in my mind of like being there like in a in a mass crowd I mean one of the things that I've been doing because I've also been trying to balance the like like my voice doesn't matter, right? Like other voices need to be heard more than mine does right now with like the, you know, not saying something is like, is not okay. The way that I've, that I've balanced that over the last week or so is by trying to amplify the voices of others. So Mm -hmm. like, I haven't really been tweeting or, you know, sharing or whatnot but like when I when I go to Twitter I you know I try to look for like resources you know resources that I want to amplify or you know voice voices of individuals that that I want to amplify because you know I think that what they're what they're saying is important so to me that's like a way of speaking without speaking, you know, and especially, I don't know, I guess, especially amplifying there, there are a bunch of really great resources going around, you know, just like, there's a a huge Google doc that I've seen a bunch of times with like anti-racist resources and, you know, links to, to black owned bookstores and a lot of, a lot of like really great links to like, here are some books that you can like, buy and read with your kids to like start the idea to kick off the conversation to even Mm -hmm. just like expose them to, Mm -hmm. you know, different, different characters and and whatnot. So there are a lot of, there are a lot of really, really great resources. I was, I was saying someone the other day, like time that we're living in is so, so on my local, my local parents group, my local parents, Facebook group, there are there are three threads started like every like every single morning. One thread mm-hmm. is the daily groceries and supplies thread, which is like what what supermarkets have restrictions, what supermarkets have lifted restrictions, what's out of stock where, where you can get like various things. The second thread that started every day is the like sort of like the how to stay sane thread which Mm -hmm. is like recommendations of like shows or crafts or thing worksheets or whatever like things that you can like do while like working full-time and having your children home full-time and the third thread now that started every day is anti-racism resources and like an you know an an action item for Mm -hmm. for the week and then every day like you know what what conversations people are having with their kids what resources they're using what they can recommend like what websites they've found all that sort of stuff and Mm -hmm. it's like I think it's good but it's also like it's also like oh gosh, like these are the three threads that are started every single day. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's a lot going on in the world right now. Yeah. 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 One thing that reminded me a little bit of on the topic of like speaking publicly and amplifying and whatnot, I think my, my position as like when I went into becoming a parent, one thing I thought about is it's not really a totally stark choice, but one way you can frame it is 
you know, without kids, I would have a lot more free time. <laughs> and I, I could potentially attempt to use that time to influence a much broader group, but probably a lot less intensely. With kids, I'm sort of like, like one thing I, 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 I want to try to teach them is, is very much like in the broader scheme of things, you are not that special. <laughs> you are like incredibly, incredibly special to me. And I, I you know, I, and I, I, I want you to, to know that you are special to the people that are special to you. But broadly speaking, like none of us is, is that important or special. You know, this is kind of like a core life philosophy that I've got. And in any case, so like my, my point leading to that is I, I feel like for my kids as their parent, at, at least for a default, I'm shaping and influencing their world so, so, so much, especially in these early years, it's going to decrease over time. So when I think about what are the direct things that I can do to make this a better world, hopefully, are one, working on myself and like what like definitely many things that I can learn a lot more about and then to helping my kids with that as well so I feel like you know besides looking into the books for kids I I had various suggestions from the list I've put a bunch of kids books on hold at the library because I like to be able to sort of flip through them a little bit before I commit to buying a physical copy that's like one of my strategies for trying to clamp down on not having like too much stuff overall. So I'm doing that, but a friend of mine wanted to start just like our own our own little book club for reading the book uh, White Fragility. And we've been wanting to reconnect over something anyway. And this group of friends has like frequently talked about getting together to like play board games or video games together over Zoom or something that I've always <laughs> opted out of because I don't really have energy put that in but I'm trying to like multitask a little bit more now of like okay this is something I'm interested in I could use the education I will be very interested to see what my reaction to it overall is just because like from my own personal background of having grown up in the U.S. in majority white communities with greater than average Asian populations by deliberate choice by my parents but being someone who I mean physically when, when people look at me like I'm totally completely Asian looking, but in my experiences and, and how I've navigated the world, sometimes straddling like the sometimes on the people of color side of things, sometimes on the white people side of things in terms of uh, privilege and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, there's I would say in the same vein, like there there are a lot of things that I'm trying to do right now, right, and trying to to look at you know where I can learn and grow, making sure that I'm continuing to like learn more and do better, and like you know really like look at myself from a from a critical lens and and there's a there's a lot to do right now on various fronts but I also feel like the most important thing that I can be doing is making sure that I'm not like raising little jerks and yeah. make sure it and make sure that yeah. like not only am I not raising children that like make sure that I'm raising children that are not racist but yeah. like Again, I think something that we've seen a lot this week is like not racist is like not enough, yeah, right? Like yeah. you have to be like anti-racist and like, you know, step even further into that, right? And so mm -hmm. like, and I, I think that just, yeah, I mean, talking to my kids and educating them, make sure, making sure that that also like is not, is not just a thing that we're talking about now because it like 
happens to be like a thing that is happening, you know, countrywide, worldwide, whatever, but making sure that like, we're making choices that like having books in our household, right? So like, it's not just the conversation that will happen now, but it's like the conversation that will like, sustain and continue throughout, right? And how we're making choices about like schooling and like, all of that sort of stuff. So I think that's the other thing is, I think that's like, the most important thing that I could be doing right now is making sure that because I am in charge of making those decisions for my children right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. should we move into genius fail moments? Yeah, let's. This is a portion of our episode where we talk about in the last, you know, week or two or a couple of weeks, something that happened, which was a genius or a fail. I can start since I, I already have one. Go for it. <laughs> Mine's a fail. It's like a months in the making fail. That's probably (laughs) going to take us like a little while to undo. So, so many people are going to like hate me for saying this, but we, we actually still have our, our nanny coming. The very. Yeah. Our, our, our nanny start, we had our nanny start coming back like two weeks ago and there I've, I have found myself in some groups, like not just pointedly not <laughs> mentioning this because of yes. like, yeah. Okay. But anyway, yes. I hear you. I'm sorry. I've heard yeah. So, so we, I mean, at the, at the very beginning of this, like we, you know, she, Basically, we decided like we made had a very open conversation that we told her that like we would pay her regardless and we would take it week by week and decide and, you know, but she's she's older. She lives on her own. We so we sort of, you know, how some people have gotten into like pods like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's Mm -hmm. essentially and, you know, we we market shop for her like we're really sort of like I would say operating as like a a collective just so that people like don't hate me too too much like this is we did have open conversations about this but so she's she's still been coming but since my son's been home from preschool we we haven't been super strict with him like we've been trying to you know he's he's with her but we've sort of made like the little one like you know her like her main responsibility because that's how it was and you know like we just haven't been super strict with Devin if he like you know pops into like where I'm working or my husband's working and we've been trying to do like an hour a day of like mom and Devin time and an hour a day of like dad and Devin time so that our uh, nanny like has still has her like regular break when like when Layla's in her quiet time etc Anyway, and we did that because because we have so much guilt about what's going on right now. Like every day he talks about like life before the virus and every day he talks about how much he like misses his preschool friends and how much he misses like going into our neighbors houses and all of this stuff. And so like we haven't been strict with him because we just like feel so, so bad about like his world right now. But it has just been getting progressively worse and worse and worse in terms of like, you know, how much he just like blatantly disregards like what mm-hmm. our, like what our nanny says and just like interrupts us and isn't, you know, it used to be that we could be like, Hey, Dev, like Devin, we don't have time, you know, we're working mm-hmm. right now. Like, you know, come get you in a little bit. It's just been getting like worse and worse and worse. And so we're totally in a situation now where it's been like a really tough week of him just like not listening and not and just like we're 
my husband and I are sort of like, we feel like we're a little bit like at the end of our rope with Mm -hmm. him. And and we're at the same time, we're like, this is ridiculous. We like literally have somebody coming to the house every day to take care of the children. Like there's, there's no reason why. And our, and our nanny has said to us, like, we've had a conversation and she's been like, well, as soon as you're ready to be more strict with him, like, let me know because then I'll be more strict with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's not like she's, you know, it's not like she doesn't want mm-hmm. to, to also be. Anyway, it's a massive fail. It's just been getting worse and worse. We are rolling out a summer. It's actually like sort of good timing because it's like just turning into summer. And we we also have recognized like, we're going to be in this situation for a long time, mm-hmm. like probably through the fall, because like, mm-hmm. don't think that he's going to be in like full-time kindergarten in the fall. And so like, we have just like got to get back into like boundaries and rules. And we've actually come to the conclusion also that like, it's probably worse. We're probably making the situation worse by having like an hour of mom and Devon time and an hour of dad and Devon time every day, because he expects that like, like, it's just pretty much like everything that we've done in the situation has like just made the situation worse as opposed Mm -hmm. to like making Mm -hmm. it better. Mm -hmm. And so it's a total fail. And next week we're rolling out this, like next week we're rolling out summer schedule, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, we've worked with our, with our nanny to sort of be like, okay, this is the structure like he'll have in place. And this is how it works with like Layla's schedule. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've talked to Devin about like, you know, starting next week, you're like, you know, nanny time is nanny time. And like, that's it. And we're not going to have mom Devin time and dad Devin time during the day. We'll Mm -hmm. save that special time for evenings and weekends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but it's it's like when you have a baby and you know that you should do something when they're like four months old, because it's like so much easier, but you end up not (laughs) like a year old. And then you're like, Oh God, like we totally did this to ourselves. (laughs) Like he's five and like can open and talk and have opinions and yell and do all sorts of stuff. So it's probably going to be like, I mean, I'm hoping that it'll only be like a two week adjustment. And we're mm-hmm. also like, we have to be careful how to frame it. Like we can't, we don't want to frame it as like a punishment. We want right. to frame it as yeah. like a it's summertime and we want you to have all these adventures and having all these mm-hmm. adventures means that like you need to like be with the nanny more. And anyway, it's like super, super long, but it's like a massive fail that has just been like more faily over the last like month. Oh, That's yeah. it. Yeah. Fail that it's yeah. going to take us to come back from. Uh, I mean, we have, we have totally been in the situation as well in the past. And I'm sure many, many times in the future where we're like, I mean, it's just like any other, I don't know, healthy lifestyle type habits, you know, where I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to put away my phone and like not be on Reddit until way too late and like just go to bed. But it's hard. Yeah. And just like, I don't know if you're at the stage for currently, but I'm, I'm frequently like, man, I know it makes no rational sense, but but honestly, what I feel right now is I feel I am too tired to get up off the couch and go to bed. Like it's just like <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh. <sighs> it's a lifelong lifelong struggle in many different areas. Yeah. yeah. What's yours? You have a genius or a fail? I have a fail. My fail is that I've been 
dipping my toe into trying to find various like Chinese immersion circle times via Zoom for, for my son because he he was going to go to a, a Chinese immersion summer camp in preparation for a, attending a Chinese immersion preschool this fall. And, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen there. It seems likely, unlikely. Anyway, so I found out about a, a, a new one last week that were, that was that's opening up some sessions. And so I signed up for a couple this week. But the, but the time they have it running currently right now is 1230. So it coincides with his lunchtime. And so our, our, our nanny has been setting up him with his food, but by the time it starts, he's still like, like his mouth is still like all covered in food and, and then we just like put, put him, put the computer down in front of him and, and they keep getting like notices all the time of like the moderator, like wants you to turn on your video or whatever. So it's just like both days that we've been doing it. Like I'm, you know, sort of trying to like quickly turn the video off and like wipe down his, his face and hands a little bit and then like sit next to him and really like try to encourage him to participate in some way. And unfortunately the, the, the two that we joined this week, like the, the, some, some combination of like the format, his age, his level of Chinese proficiency is just like not quite there to make this effective for him and I found myself definitely getting to that place where I was like being impatient with him like this the teacher's reading a story or something over the zoom and he's like mama what's happening what's happening what's going on the screen like what what are those what 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 are those paper airplanes or whatever and like me just starting to lose my patience and get frustrated basically like well if you would just like listen to the teacher she'll tell you (laughs) what those paper airplanes are you know like and and then in the moment being like okay I'm the grown up, like I set up the situation. This is like exactly <laughs> what I wanted to find out of like if this was going to be effective or not. The answer is no. And like I just there's there's no point in, in putting through putting us through this on a regular basis. So we're, we will be able to just stop. But 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 feeling like, oh, like I feel embarrassed that he's he, like he's the only kid who's not really responding when the teacher like is starting a game and like wants to call for a response. He's the only one that just like looks like a total obvious mess on the camera. And I'm trying to like wipe him down and feeling embarrassed about that. But then also then being like, wait, why do I feel embarrassed? Like I shouldn't feel embarrassed. Like this is just like, like I, I knew this going in and I don't, I don't really feel like it's commentary on, on what we're like as parents, but I still just like felt a little embarrassed nonetheless and like felt bad that I was, I don't know, letting him be embarrassed, like to be seen like that in front of other potential classmates and teachers and whatnot and yeah the whole thing was just like okay definitely glad I didn't commit to a whole summer of doing this (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) many many sympathies go out to the parents that like you know zoom kindergarten and zoom first and second grade and whatever else all of those early ages of having to sit there and like cajole your kid through the interaction it's a terrible medium for it yeah, it's hard. Both my kids have good days and bad days related to all the virtual meetings there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're doing these days. So yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Just so, just yet another reminder of the usual lesson of okay, set set ourselves up for success. <laughs> Don't knowingly set us up for failure. Well, 
Thanks so much for listening to the Parent Driven Development Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions that you'd like us to chat about on air, email us at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com or find us on Twitter at, at parentdrivendev. And if you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We're patreon.com slash parentdrivendev and rate us on iTunes. Thanks. Thanks.